Welcome to RJ Court Watch, a legal podcast produced by RH Reality Check and hosted by senior legal analysts Amani Gandhi and Jessica Mason Piclo. In this episode, we discuss the nomination of Loretta Lynch as Attorney General. Lynch, a Harvard Law grad and U.S. Attorney out of New York, oversaw the prosecution of New York City police officers in the Abner Louima case, was involved in the prosecution of both Republicans and Democrats for abuse of power, and if confirmed, would be the first black woman to serve as U.S. Attorney General. We are here with political analyst and RH Reality Check contributor and contributor to Ebony.com, Zerlina Maxwell, to talk about the nomination of Loretta Lynch to replace Eric Holder as Attorney General. Thank you so much for joining us, Zerlina. Thanks for having me. So as Attorney General, Eric Holder has been kind of a polarizing figure for both the right and the left. And my initial read on the reaction to the Lynch nomination appears to be kind of similar in that the right and the left have taken some pretty strong positions already. And I was curious, as we just start talking about this, what your thoughts were as to why President Obama's Attorney General nominees seem to have such a or get such a vitriolic response from his detractors. Well, I just think that the, the office of the uh, Department of Justice um, becoming politicized, you know, really, I suppose, I mean, obviously in past generations it was politicized, but um, in our modern era, you know, under the Bush administration, it really became a political arm of the administration and something that um, it shouldn't be. And, it, and it's not supposed to be. And I think that um, that continued on, at least into the perception of um, what the attorney general was doing, because, you know, obviously throughout history, we've had moments where there were a lot of, you know, very, very politically um, charged cases. But I think that with Eric Holder, one of the things that was interesting about him all along was that it was very polarizing, but not necessarily because he operated as a political arm of the administration. He was He was polarizing because he said, you know, truthful statements about race. Um, in America. Um, and, you know, calling the country a nation of cowards doesn't really set you off on a path of harmony um, in, a, in a moment where um, the Republicans are anti everything Obama. And then, you know, you put a black attorney general who's calling out um, American racism um, in, you know, to head the Department of Justice. You're, you're just, you know, you're already set up for um, him to be controversial. And I think that you know, he was, he was way more controversial, um, like I said, in terms of his persona than his actual job performance. Um, and I think that, unfortunately, that's like, colored a little bit of how um, Loretta Lynch's nomination is being viewed as well as being viewed as from that same lens. I think the reaction from the right um, and the issue of race is really important and one that I hope yeah. we dig into really deeply, in part because I... I also want to tie it, if we can, to some of the attacks on Lynch from the left, which I thought, Amani, you had a great piece on this. For my part, I, I find it disheartening that here we are five years after the, the total economic collapse that began in 2008 right. with the downfall of Lehman Brothers. You know, it seemed like the Department of Justice made it clear that they were going to prosecute some things and they weren't going to prosecute other things. They weren't going to prosecute some of these too-big-to-fail banks because of the the ramifications it would have had for the economy. And whether or not, I mean, I certainly would have liked to see more individual bankers held accountable for that, but I'm over it already. You know what I mean? It was five years ago, and I just think that there are bigger fish to fry. So when I see someone like David Diane, who is 
who is, you know, one of those white progressive lefties who um, is sort of in the sort of Glenn Greenwald camp of things. And I've met him on HuffPost Live and he was perfectly charming and perfectly gentlemanly and very, very nice. But, you know, his article in Salon I thought was really, really thin. I thought it drew some connections that really weren't there. And I think that as someone who was a litigator for 10 years, I can understand maybe why some people who are not involved in the private practice of law might think that, oh, well, a Wall Street lawyer, she's going to be a Wall Street lackey. But that's just not the way that's not the way corporate law works. You know, it's not as if it's not like as with Timothy Geithner, who actually was on the Fed and then had friends in financial in, who were financiers and brokers and whatnot. This is just a lawyer who had bankers as a client. So I found those attacks to be, attacks to be really thin and just really old. You know, I'm just sort of tired of hearing about, oh, it's so terrible that these bankers haven't been perp-walked to jail when, you know, black people are being murdered in the street. You know, we're being disenfranchised. Children of color are being, are being fed right from school into prison. And I think those issues are more important. Absolutely. Yeah, just to add on to that, that's why I think her nomination is so important because her, you know, all of the work that she has done um, and, and the issues, you know, that are hot right now that are coming up, um, they coalesce, right? Because, you know, we're talking about a moment where um, Ferguson is happening um, and the Department of Justice is um, prosecuting them on two, uh, the St. Louis Police Department on two fronts. Um, and so you need somebody in that job um, who understands Civil rights. I mean, in a real way, not in some, um, in a superficial way, um, and fundamentally, fundamentally understands it. Um, and has the sort of life, work, and career that shows that she does. Right. So she was on the team that prosecuted um, the police um, for Abner Luima. So she has um, sort of the record um, that demonstrates that she is ready to take on those challenges. And I just think that, um, like Amani said, you know, the, the critiques are, yeah, they're old. You're like, really? You're mad at her because she, she had some Wall Street clients. Everyone had Wall Street clients. Um, if you're a lawyer in New York, you've had Wall Street clients. I mean, if I run for office in 10 years, not that I want to do that, but if somebody could be like, she used to work um, in a corporate law firm and had corporate clients. I mean, that would, it's ridiculous in a way, um, that attack. Um, and I just think that for the most part, um, the left needs to, um, they really do have to have, to have a come-to-Jesus moment when it comes to women of color being attacked, or just people of color being attacked. Because in the Obama administration, it's been a persistent um, trend that the people of color that are in positions of power, and I'm talking about Valerie Jarrett, I'm talking about Lisa Jackson, I'm talking about Eric Holder, um, Shirley Sherrod, um, Susan and Rice. now the nominee, Loretta Lynch. Um, why is it that all of these people are put out and attacked, and yet the left just adds on, adds on, instead of defending um, yeah. that person, because one of the things that I've always believed is that the Fast and Furious attacks on Eric Holder were meant to distract um, attention while he was fighting um, to save our voting rights, um, and it really just undermined his um, reputation and authority um, on that issue um, by distracting us by this nonsense with Fast and Furious, which started under Bush and wasn't his fault, and it was proven so, but yet it's still something we say as you know, as if it was some scandal that he was the mastermind of. So I just think that um, a lot of this is meant to undermine um, their their authority, um, and we can't let them continue to do that. 
as progressives and especially as a white progressive, it is, I mean, we have to put our money and I'm talking to my people here. We have to put our money where our mouth is here. We either support candidates of color and particularly women of color who the Obama administration has um, advanced and who, frankly, we have just thrown out to pasture for political purposes. Um, And so we either are for broad scale diversity or we are not. And I can't think of a more qualified candidate than Lynch for progressives to get behind for that exact reason, which is why, Imani, I was equally upset with you when I saw those attacks. And they're still out there from the left. Um, you know, and now there's news that, um, you know, Senator Reid is planning on holding the nomination back and, and, you know, that it's already tied up with D.C. politics in a way that makes me concerned as we're going into the holiday break and then the start of the new uh, session. I almost called it a season. It might as well be a season um, in January. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that part of the problem is that, you know, obviously the Congress is so dysfunctional that you can't sort of have faith that, um, you know, this is going to be anything but a horrific process, if it even begins, like you said, because Harry Reid might hold it back. Um, But that's why the left needs to get behind her. Um, They need to stand, they need to be resolute. I mean, we can't um, continue to attack our own people um, because they're already being attacked on the other side. Now we're just adding to it. We're aiming in the wrong direction. Um, and I, we do this a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that we, we need to recognize that it's not always appropriate, certainly not to critique in public always um, as well. Um, part, of, part of the problem is it's not what, you know, if you feel that, you know, you have quibbles with her nomination, I'm sure plenty of journalists have access to um, the White House to raise those concerns. They don't have to write an article about it. Um, and then undermine sort of um, the narrative overall. I mean, some some people on the left that are progressive writers, they don't necessarily do their job that way, and that's cool. Um, but I do think that sometimes there is that responsibility there to to be fair, um, because if you're going to write an article about all of the things, the reasons why she she's not the right nominee, then your article um, should be three times that length with reasons, you know, and add on the reasons why she should be the nominee. Um, I'm not saying that you can't cover all of these things. I'm just saying that I think it's unfair to attack her. Um, and, and like Amani said, it's, there's, it's not, there's not a lot of there there. There's a lot of reasons why she's the right nominee at this time. Um, and there's, you know, these uh, tangential reasons why, um, you know, she might not be a good candidate if you're a lefty who wanted, you know, all of the bankers frog marched out of um, their offices. But, you know, I think she's the, she's the right person right now. And historic. I mean, if we can't, we can't acknowledge that this is the first um, black woman to hold that office and, and what that means, particularly because black women are just so... Um, Imani uh, talks about this all the time, about how um, we're struggling to be visible often. Um, yeah. and, and, and just how important it is to have um, a head law enforcement person in the country um, be a black woman. Um, and so, you know, we are, we are extremely visible in that moment. Um, and, and she, and certainly we're visible to her as she does her work. I think it's really important. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that especially now that we're seeing, you know, what's going on in Ferguson, I think it's really crucial that a woman of color is going to be sort of, you know, leading the charge 
at the federal level, just the way that there are a lot of women of color that are leading the charge on the ground. You know, you have people right. like Netta and people like Awkward Duck on Twitter. And I cannot remember, you know, I always know these people by their Twitter handles, not by their actual right. name. I'm sure her name is not Awkward Duck in real life. But, you know, <laughs> these are the people that that they really are leading the charge. And so while we're dealing in a moment where we're talking about, on the one hand, police brutality, which tends to affect men of color more, and then at the same time, we're talking about Bill Cosby and these rape allegations from a lot of black women. Right. And you've got these people who are saying, oh, well, you know, they're just trying to take a black man down and distract from Ferguson. I mean, I think that we need someone who recognize, who, who is at the intersection of that identity of race and gender and can lead the country forward, or at least... And, and from what I under, from what I read about her, she's not someone who's craving the spotlight, right? She lets other people right. talk. She lets her her co prosecutors do opening statements. Like she let her um, one of her uh, one of the prosecutors do the opening statement in the Abner Luima case. So she seems like she's really good at delegating and at making a coalition of people, which I think is really really important. Um, and I think yeah. also it's sort of I think it's sort of what Black women have to do. And, and I, would, I would really be interested to talk to her, not that I'm ever going to get a chance, but to talk to her about how it is that she thinks she's had to navigate these very corporate, very white spaces in order to come mm -hmm. out being seen as very temperate and very fair. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine she has to be extra temperate and extra fair in order to be perceived that way. Because I'm sure people don't perceive right. me as temperate. You know what I mean? People perceive me as like, <laughs> angry, blah, blah, blah. So, and I'm really actually not that you know crazy of a person but because I am loud I am opinionated I do as sort of have you know I like to control things and be in charge of stuff it's really interesting to see a woman who has taken seemingly taken an opposite tack and having so much success so I'm really looking mm -hmm. forward to seeing what she's about and what she'll, what she's going to do I also think it's really important to have Lynch confirmed at a time when the Department of Justice is going to be pushing ahead on all of these voting rights issues and when we've right. seen time and time again for particularly for the Democrats that it is women of color who are bringing home those elections and who are also <sighs> impacted um, significantly by restrictive voter ID laws and so, again, to have a woman of color at this intersection of voting rights and race and mo as the country moves forward into 2016, I think that that is huge. And those are the points that I wish the progressive media was talking about more. Right, right. I mean, we miss, we miss a lot of the important points often. Um, but, but I hope that, you know, as feminists, I think become more um, of the people that are writing for places like Salon and Slate and New Republic. Um, and bringing those points up, um, I think that hopefully the converse, conversation going forward could shift. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like, you know, the conversation, you know, always defaults to sort of, um, you know, the status quo that we're talking about, where you sort of have the left say one thing and the right, obviously, you know, confuse her with the, the white Loretta Lynch and then the factor. Um, but, but we sort of have to get out of that habit. And I think, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't a, a moment um, particularly because we have we have we have no other choice but to be unified in this moment um, because we're not in we're, we're completely in the in the minority in Congress right now um, and we need to be focusing on how to make that not so the next time people have to vote and so the voting rights stuff is I mean I can't think of some two things that are more connected progressive um, policies being um, able to actually succeed once we change the makeup of Congress and making sure that our base is able to vote. Those two things are so intimately connected. And, you know, if, if I'm someone who um, is on the left that cares about, you know, progressive legislation, 
then I'm going to support this attorney general because she's going to be in there um, fighting to make sure that um, women of color who are, you know, basically impacting and changing um, the outcomes of elections, um, that they can vote, right? I mean, I just saw the movie Selma um, this week, and it's, I mean, it could not have, it could not have come at a better time. Um, and obviously, um, the, the movie was directed by Ava, um, Ava Darini. I don't know how to say the last name, but, um, she, she's directed Scandal, um, and she's an amazing director, woman director. Um, and it was so relevant to what's going on in Ferguson and just generally the mood in the country in terms of, um, we, we, we are recognizing these injustices. We now have cell phone video of proof of the injustices. Um, and we are seeing how um, systems are sort of working together. I mean, sort of academics have been talking about systemic racism forever, but now we're sort of seeing um, the manifestations of that, and people are starting to understand how a lot of things are working together. Um, you know, you know, the school to prison pipeline leads to you know the mass inca- mass incarceration. Um, you know, and how decriminalizing marijuana can help to alleviate them. So all of these things are popping up in a moment, and the consciousness is being raised. Um, in the country, I think. Um, and it's a moment in which we have to, we must, we have no choice but to um, be unified and support, particularly a, a, a nominee like Loretta Lynch, who um, would make sure that all of those those concerns that we're, we have um, are addressed and that she's continuing that legacy that Eric Holder started because he wasn't finished. She's not finished because everything's not fixed. <laughs> right, um, but it's important to have somebody who's going to continue that work. It's really important to have somebody who is going to continue that work in a way that keeps race at the center when there is so much impetus, especially in white America, to talk about post-racialness, whether it is in the Obama presidency or in these latest lawsuits that were filed attacking affirmative action policies at Harvard and the University of North Carolina, looking at so-called, you know, race-neutral ways of creating diversity in institutions without having a conversation about the historical and systemic impact of slavery, Uh, you know? So I think that the idea that you raise, Zerlina, that we are at a very critical moment in our history is exactly on the money because there is a lot of temptation to run away and leave those problems unsolved. I mean, we've we've lasted, I mean, one of the things that's really interesting is that while, you know, 1964 feels like a really long time ago, one of the things that was so amazing um, in the movie Selma in particular was that, um, you know, she made a point to make the movie about more than just Martin Luther King. And so there's, you know, there's name dropping of like all of these historic figures, many of whom are not dead. And so I I think that for me, it's always been, this is not that long ago. And so we have to recognize that we've made a lot of progress, but we are not finished. Um, We are not even close to being finished. Um, Certainly, um, you know, because, all the activity in Selma was centered around voting. We have to be able to recognize um, that, you know, something like a Ferguson um, can happen because the people who live in that community are not able to uh, vote for their elected, elected officials who are making all the policies that are impacting their lives. And that's not just true for Ferguson. It's true for so many places. They're, rep- they're not being represented by their, the people in their own communities. Um, and, too many people are being disenfranchised, whether that be because they have a criminal record, right? And that just, so all of these things are so connected. And I think that it is long past time that we recognize that. 
um, and then strategically operate or critique or whatever um, we want to do in, in order to continue sort of a rich debate. Um, but we have to be focused on the fact that, like, we have so much more work to do. So bringing down Loretta Lynch over some banker that she may have represented as a corporate lawyer um, doesn't seem to me to be an important enough reason to not continue to fight for voting um, and for black lives being able to walk around in the street without being shot in broad daylight. I just think that, for me, that's, that, um, you know, is, is a bigger priority. Thank you for listening to RJ Court Watch, and be sure to catch all of our reporting and analysis on reproductive health and justice issues at www.rhrealitycheck.org. 